And listen to me. This is the Fantasy Football Best Friends Forever Show. Start listening to us or suffer the consequences. Studio 34. He is Frank Stample. I am Greg Sussman. Week one, mostly in the books. What's happening, Frankie? A wild week one, Greggy, as we were expecting. A lot went down yesterday. A lot of injuries, a lot of crazy performances. A lot of duds as well, Greg. We're going to try our best to get into it over the next hour because there was a lot happening yesterday. We're going to do the absolute best we can to go over everything that took place yesterday. And as you said, Frank, it's not going to be easy. There was so much to hit on, I remember I was, uh, after work yesterday, I was here a lot producing all the great content we had yesterday, and I went to my buddies to, to watch the Giants game, which uh, we watched a good half of, and then it was like, all right, it's time to watch the Red Zone now. And I left. Good choice, by the way. I left after the, the Seahawks wound up winning, because we took the Eagles and Survivors. I was like, oh man, I'd really love the Seahawks to lose, like that would be awesome. I, I was the exact opposite. I had the Seahawks, so I was like, yeah, let's go Washington. Right. So once that game was over, we left. And I was like, wait a minute. The Cardinals and Lions tied? Like, I, I left. They were down like 20 points. Next thing I knew, they were tied. I was like, wait a minute. So much happened. It's like all this uh, is forgotten. So we're going to do our best uh, over the next hour to make sure we don't forget anything. So, Frank, we've separated everything from yesterday into three categories. The winners... The losers, and we're doing this, excuse me, going forward. Not just yesterday, right? Because there's some stuff that happened yesterday that's winners and losers, but like we look at it in a going forward mindset. So there's a group of winners going forward, a group of losers going forward, and the third category is... What do we do here? So we don't know. So we're going to try to put it out to you and be like... So let's get right into it, Frank. I don't want to even waste any more time because I, I want to start right now. So one of the biggest winners from yesterday brings us to Kansas City, where even before Tyreek Hill got hurt, it became very, very quickly the Sammy Watkins show. Sammy Watkins, perennially injured, seemingly always banged up. Yesterday looked as healthy as we've seen him since his time in Buffalo, and he was absolutely stellar for the Kansas City Chiefs in their victory over the Jacksonville Jaguars. Watkins was ridiculous, had almost 200 yards receiving. Even with Patrick Mahomes banged up, Watkins led the way. Compound Tyreek Hill's injury where it looks like he has a dislocated shoulder. No surgery, but they had to pop the thing back in place. He's going to be out for a few weeks at minimum. Might land on IR, too. According to Dr. David Shaw, who tweeted that right before the program. Sammy Watkins, a monstrous winner from yesterday. 
Yeah, absolutely, Greg. We saw this early on in draft season, too, when people started drafting right after the NFL draft or throughout June when we still thought Tyreek Hill was going to be suspended. Sammy Watkins was going in the fourth round of fantasy football drafts, and you know, while some people might think that's crazy because where he ultimately ended up landing in terms of his ADP, he was a mid-round pick, seventh, eighth round, but while Tyreek Hill was expected to be suspended, he was a top four-round draft pick, and we're being reminded of the talent. It's not just that he went nine for almost 200 yards and three touchdowns on 11 targets. He did it against the Jacksonville Jaguars, and now we're talking about Tyreek Hill at least going to miss two to three weeks. Could potentially, if he lands on IR, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Greg, he's out six weeks if he lands on IR to return, correct? He's out eight weeks. Eight weeks. We could potentially be without Tyreek Hill for eight weeks, which would make Sammy Watkins the wide receiver one for, let me remind you, the best offense in the NFL. Yesterday, Patrick Mahomes playing on basically a bum ankle, throws for 378 and three touchdowns against what we expect to be the best cornerback tandem in the NFL. One of the best defenses, again, you know, with A.J. Boye and uh, Jalen Ramsey here, Greg, They did not miss a beat. Sammy Watkins looks as healthy as ever. Someone asked me earlier today, if you need wide receiver help, would you trade Leonard Fournette for Sammy Watkins? I said yes. Well, it's interesting because that makes me think of the Marlon Mack theory, which we're going to get to a little bit later on in the program. I don't know that I would necessarily do that because I think this offense, we knew it revolved around Leonard Fournette even more so now. But But having Gardner Minshew as the quarterback... I don't know that that helps Leonard Fournette, at least not from an efficiency standpoint. Efficiency, no, but they're going to handle the ball 75 times a game. But we knew that coming in anyway. That was the expectation. Well, yes, it was, but Nick Foles was going to throw the ball more. Like We thought Marlon, we didn't think Marlon Mack would be helped by Andrew Luck getting hurt. Marlon Mack was pretty damn awesome yesterday. Pretty damn good, yes, And the only one that said that, of anybody I know, was EY Eric Young, who's begging you. Keeps crushing it. Rising Marlon Mack on the draft boards. I know EY's in New York today. I'm going to text him after the show and be like, where the F are you, man? Um, <laughs> he's actually right across the street. I'm going to try to meet him in the street. Um, but the point, the point being, let me go back to Kansas City for a second. Sammy Watkins, what, is the, what are we looking at? Is he a high-end wide receiver too right now? Is that, is that the category? I think with Tyreek Hill out, he sneaks in as a top 12 quarterback. I really do believe that. I th- I, a wide receiver. I think that he is a low-end wide receiver one with Tyreek Hill out. I there really you know. do believe that. That's how high Sammy Watkins is as long as he can stay healthy. You're going to want to take a shot on Mecole Hardman because we know Sammy Watkins is certainly uh, not the healthiest guy. If he's not, if he all of a sudden gets injured, Mecole Hardman is going to step in a major role. It didn't happen yesterday. I don't even know. Hardman barely played yesterday. No, he did play. He was on the, on the field for 78% oh, of their snaps. He just wasn't targeted. Huh. Sammy Watkins was just dominating, and we'll talk more about this tomorrow on the Waiver Wire show, but yeah, Miko Hardman's going to be an interesting ad here, and I know a lot of people you know, closer to the start of the season, Greg, were actually handcuffing Miko Hardman with, with Tyree Sammy, Hill. And Sammy Watkins. With, yeah, where if you know anything happens to these guys due to you know a suspension arising again or an injury, you have Miko Hardman, who seems like he's the next man up based on his snap percentage yesterday. Absolutely. Now, falling into the eh, category... That'd be the running game with Kansas City, Frankie. Uh, you saw the show McCoy. He carried the ball in three, five days after signing. Carried it 10 times. 81 yards during that 30-yard rush. Damian Williams, he actually looked good. Carried the ball 13 times, just 26 yards. He had the touchdown in the passing game. You had Damian Williams catch six balls for 39 yards. Shady caught one pass for 12 yards. What did we learn, Frank? 10 seconds. Uh, yeah, I think we learned that this is a... Man, we're trying to still figure it out. But ultimately, I think Damian Williams is the pass catcher. LaShawn McCoy really gets worked into those early downs. Both of these guys may be startable. We'll hit on Jacksonville and keep going. The winners are up next. 
Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Back with you, BFFs. We were talking about KC and Jacksonville a moment ago when it came to the winners, Frank. So let me go over to Jacksonville and hit on one of the losers. And that, I believe, is Didi Westbrook. We were all talked all summer about this connection between Nick Foles and his slot wide receiver. We saw in the preseason a little bit. Problem is, Didi Westbrook doesn't have that quarterback in Nick Foles anymore. He hit the IR today with his own shoulder injury. Didi did score a touchdown yesterday, finished with five receptions for 30 yards, but this is officially the Gardner Minshew show now. They did acquire Josh Dobbs, he'll be the backup, but Gardner Minshew is going to be the man for the Jaguars, potentially for the rest of this season. DJ Shark, Baby Shark, 146 yards uh, on four catches, including the long touchdown. Frank, Didi Westbrook, monster loser yesterday. Your mic is your mic off currently? So we missed, we, we missed all of that. So you know, <laughs> like every part of uh, it. Yes, uh, apologies. Yeah, I got to get myself uh, some headphones or hopefully tomorrow. Yes, but what I said was Thanks. I don't think that D.D. Westbrook is a monster loser. I think he is a slight loser, as we saw in draft season leading up to the uh, the first week of the season. Overall, he was a top five, six round pick for fantasy football, but ultimately. His target share from Gardner Minshew last uh, yesterday was 24% of the targets. That actually led the team. So I think his targets are still going to be there, and we've, you know, we've covered this extensively the past two years. Slot receivers are more desirable for fantasy, and D.D. Westbrook played a large majority of his snaps yesterday in the slot. So I still think that he's going to be relied on, but obviously the quarterback play takes a hit going from Nick Foles to Gardner Minshew overall. Uh, Chris Conley, I believe, is going to be worked in as well a decent amount. DJ Chark looked great yesterday, but I think he's more of that you know, boomer bust. I'll take a few shots down the field with him, maybe target him in the red zone. Uh, but I still do think that D.D. Westbrook's going to lead this team in targets. Slight downgrade, slight loser because of the quarterback play going from Nick Foles to Gardner Minshew. Gardner Minshew, the quarterback going forward, as I mentioned, for the Jacksonville Jaguars, as they lose yesterday, Nick Foles going forward. Uh, if you're in a Superflex League, how much are you spending in your budget this week on Gardner Minshew? You're in a Superflex League, so... Yeah, not much. Okay. You know, maybe 3 to 5%. If I had Nick Foles as my second starting quarterback, as my Superflex quarterback, then obviously I'm going to be more aggressive on a Gardner Minshew, you know, maybe in that sense you get up to like 8 to 10%. Uh, but overall, I'm not spending much, even in a Superflex league, Greg. Alrighty, fair enough. Let me move on uh, to another huge winner uh, from yesterday. And that brings me to this Arizona Cardinals-Detroit Lions game that ended in a tie, 27-27. So as I said, I watched, what, three quarters of this game, and it was 17-6, and then it became 24-6, I think it was. I'm like, all right, this one's over, moving on. Yeah, and I actually bet on the Lions. They were one of my best bets. I'm so sorry. So that sucked. I apologize, Frank. My best, yeah. bet, my best bet was successful. I took the Indianapolis Colts, plus seven. Congrats. Thanks, man. <laughs> Appreciate it. This game ended in a tie, but here's what we learned. Here's a big winner. His name is TJ Hawkinson for the Detroit Lions, who led this team in receiving with six catches, 131 yards. There's usually a bit of a learning curve for tight ends. We didn't see it yesterday, where Matthew Stafford routinely retargeted, uh, targeted, not retargeted, routinely targeted his 
rookie tight end. Stafford was awesome. Throwing 385 yards. I get it's a Swiss cheese defense, but still. 385 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. I know we were thought that they were going to run the ball and run the ball and run the ball. Dude threw it 45 times yesterday, despite being up for most of the game. on Johnson? Eh, 16 carries for 49 yards. That's not very good. Did nothing in the passing game at all. Danny Amendola also had seven catches for 104 yards. He also had a touchdown. He seemed like a big winner yesterday for this Lions offense as well, Frankie. Yeah, I want to start with TJ Hawkinson. You mentioned he was phenomenal yesterday. Caught six of nine targets, 20% of the Lions target share from yesterday, 131 yards and a touchdown. The guy was just otherworldly. I understand he was a top 10 pick, but... He, you know, blew out anything I even expected coming into the season. This might end up being one of his best games of the year. But overall, I mean, I don't think he's available in many leagues. I think he's like 52% owned on Yahoo, 78% owned in CBS Sports Leagues. If you need a tight end, he's undoubtedly your top waiver wire target this week. Uh, and, you know, usually we're skeptical of rookie tight ends, Greg. But yep. he's kind he's a different beast, you know. What he can do from a blocking perspective and as a receiver, good route runner, strong hands, big target in the red zone. He's going to be on the field because of how good of a blocker he is. We kind of have said the same thing about O.J. Howard over the past couple of seasons, but he's had Cameron Braid, who's still uh, a thorn in the side of O.J. Howard and his fantasy owners. Uh, but overall, I don't think T.J. Hawkinson really has to worry about that. Um, he's, I saw a play yesterday where he was basically one-on-one blocking Terrell Suggs, and he held his own. So, I mean, that's just crazy overall. Really, really excited about TJ Hawkinson. Just a monster game. Uh, Danny Amendola, in PPR leagues, he's going to be a pickup. You know, you can't ignore someone getting 13 targets, 7 receptions, 100 yards, and a touchdown in their first game with a new team. So, you know, we have to acknowledge what Danny Amendola did yesterday, but he has been injury-prone the past couple years. He's a little bit older now. I don't know that he has the most upside, and I still do think that they want to be a run-first team. But overall, I think in PPR leagues, full-point PPR, Danny Amendola is someone that you should be looking at as a lower-end waiver wire target this week. I agree. Certainly a lower-end wide receiver target for you on the waiver wire. But somebody that, well, if he gets comfortable with Matthew Stafford, will have value. Let me go over, uh, let me get into Carrion Johnson here for, for a second, Frankie. Carrion Johnson, for me, somebody that was sneaking into the second round just a week ago because they thought they were going to heavily rely on him. And they did do that. He did uh, lead this team in carries. But C.J. Anderson had a role. The Lions rushing attack, not all that effective in general. The long uh, long of the day for Kerryon Johnson, just nine yards. Concerned? I'm more concerned about the offensive line. I thought they did a terrible job yesterday uh, against the Arizona Cardinals. Matthew Stafford was the most pressured quarterback in week one so far. That comes according to Pro Football Focus. And they clearly did not do a good job in terms of run blocking as well. So I want to see this offensive line play better. Uh, I was still encouraged that Carrion Johnson saw 16 of their 28 running back targets yesterday. That's a good amount. I mean, he had 18 touches overall. If you if you told me that we're getting 18 touches out of Carrion Johnson week in and week out, I would be perfectly fine with that. I want to actually see him be used a little bit more in the pass game. J.D. McKissick randomly came in and had two targets from the running back position, so that was annoying. Uh, But Carrion Johnson getting 18 touches yesterday. I think if he he gets that every single week, Greg, better days are going to come. We need to see the Lions' offensive line play better. Let's go to Arizona. We'll start with their running back, David Johnson, who seemed like a huge winner yesterday. He was somebody that in draft season snuck down draft boards. People were like, oh, man, I don't know about this Arizona offense, and I'm not sure ultimately here if it's... um, If it's... 
the concern watching the preseason of Kyler Murray and how bad that offense was or what have you, but David Johnson fell mightily. And yesterday, for those that got him after he dropped, it worked out all right because David Johnson, a major winner from yesterday. For most of the first half yesterday, Kyler Murray, a loser. Christian Kirk, a loser. Now the rest of the Arizona Cardinals offense, I don't really know. What'd you think? I thought David Johnson's usage yesterday was awesome. Played 87% of the snaps, played 76 snaps overall. And here's the breakdown. 60 of those came from the backfield. 12 of those came out of the slot. I mentioned this when we were talking about David Johnson, when they run this air raid system, they can use him as a slot receiver. He's an awesome receiver. Just overall, four of those snaps came out wide. And the touchdown that he caught from Kyler Murray came out of the slot where he basically just ran down the field and got a jump ball and he converted on it. So I think that they're going to use him in that capacity even more. Uh, He ran efficiently yesterday. It's a bad offensive line. Still got 18 carries, 4.6 yards per carry. He was targeted seven times, six receptions, 55 yards in that touchdown that I mentioned before. Love, love, love the usage from David Johnson. One of my biggest winners in week one. Larry Fitzgerald, I think also a huge winner yesterday. Him and Christian Kirk both played a ton of their snaps in the slot because, again, when you're running four wide uh, four wide receiver sets, you can have two slot receivers and two on the outside. Yesterday, those two on the outside were Keyshawn Johnson and Demir Bird. You know, maybe once... Michael Crabtree learns the system a little bit more. He'll be activated and used on the outside as well. But Larry Fitzgerald and Christian Kirk both ran a ton of their snaps in the slot. Larry Fitzgerald was phenomenal. Made a diving catch. The guy still got it. I mean, he's just eight. Like, it's he's he's never going to slow down, Greg. Nope. And I, I should have listened because it seems like this happens every single year. I never have Larry Fitzgerald eight for one thirteen and one. Phenomenal, Greg. The Browns in general losers because because they lost. We'll talk about the Titans, the team that beat them, and a whole lot more coming up next. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. You hear us talk nearly every day at DailyRoto.com, the line of Optimizer, and how you make money from it. You hear Drew Dinkmeyer all the time with me on the Hurry Up, and uh, he's on the morning after. He appears on this show as well. He tells you how to use it and how he uses it. Well, the majority of the NFL week one, it's over. And Drew Dinkmeyer, the Daily Roto line of Optimizer, led him to winning $100,000 on FanDuel last night. I swear to you, this is real. He texted me the lineup. It happened. You become the eighth person with a million bucks in a FanDuel DraftKings tournament, and you by using the Daily Roto li, Daily Roto DFS line of optimizer, and join the countless number of people, including Drew Digmeyer, to win thousands and thousands of dollars using DailyRoto.com. If you're playing DFS and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL Annual Pass with a faster optimizer, smarter DFS projections, and better results. Enter the promo code Action for a ten percent discount. That's promo code Action for a ten percent discount. DailyRoto.com where millionaires are made. I have the lineup here. I said it to the guys this morning. I guess I forgot, I got, I forgot to remind them to make the graphic. But you look, I know we do this all the time. Yeah. But you look at the lineup, you're like, I could have done that. What do you got? 100%. What's in that lineup? 
Eagles stack. Okay. Car- Carson Wentz, Zach Ertz, Deshaun Jackson. And Ertz wasn't even that great. No, 7.9. Austin Eckler, Dalvin Cook. I had Dalvin Cook in our FanDuel. I think I did as well. Mm-hmm. Chris Godwin didn't do all that much. Flex was David Johnson. Pretty good. Seahawks defense. I had that. Uh, I, I didn't have this guy, though. That was the issue. Uh-oh. Sammy Watkins. Yeah. That was the one. That was like the contrarian that play yesterday that was, all right, let me just take the best offense going up against the best defense. You didn't even take the best wide receiver. Yeah. It's true. But you get, your, you get, you get the savings there on Sammy Watkins versus Tyreek Hill, obviously. And, yeah, we spoke about it earlier. Monster, monster game. See, I know our contest uh, wound up being for free. Yeah, because we had people in the contest who signed up but did not make their lineup. So Pretty rude. Don't worry, we'll do a better job this week. It wasn't my fault. I, I did no, you didn't. Yeah, yeah. you set your lineup. You're good. I had a good week, too, man. I'm not upset by this. 138 points? Pretty good. It's not bad. Not a winning, not a winning score, but I feel like, like this lineup's pretty good. I, didn't, I feel like I didn't screw up anywhere, you know? Hmm. We have a lot to talk about, Craig. Fine. Let's go. Jimmy Let's G- keep it moving. Jimmy G. That's what cost me. I use Jimmy G as well, so. I, 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 I beat you, obviously. That I had Jimmy G and George Kittle. You didn't last, huh? That's embarrassing. Well, you know, you don't have to reveal that to everybody. <laughs> I also had Jimmy G and George Kittle. We had the same stack. Uh, the problem was you had the Browns defense who had zero points, which is what we're going to get into right now. The Browns defense had zero points. The Browns team as a whole, zero wins. They got lambasted yesterday, Frank, at home, falling to the Titans of all teams. This Browns team's offense, it's flashy, no doubt. But the problem is, this was one of my concerns early in the summer before I kind of got over it. Their offensive line kind of stinks. And yesterday, it wasn't kind of stinks. It was really stinks. Nick Chubb got his 75 yards on the ground, which was awesome. But Baker Mayfield just not, did not have enough time to throw the football. In his debut, Odell Beckham, 7 for 71. Jarvis Landry just had 4 for 67. But the offensive line just didn't do enough. Baker Mayfield was not good throwing three interceptions. And Tennessee did what they want to do. They rode Derrick Henry to the victory. And, well, it was a big victory. Man Delaney Walker, big winner, too. Yeah, it was a brutal performance by the Cleveland Browns yesterday. Three interceptions for Baker Mayfield. He was sacked five times. You brought up that offensive line. Saw Evan Silva tweeting about this early on, that they have one of the three worst tackle tandems in the NFL. That's not going to help Baker Mayfield either. The good news, they faced the Jets in Week 2, who don't have much of a pass rush, but we'll save that for later on in the week. Yep. Uh, Nick Chubb, overall, look, 17 carries yesterday. That's fine, 75 yards. He got vultured by Dontrell Hilliard. Don- Dontrell Hilliard's only carry of the day went for a four-yard touchdown, so that was super annoying. Uh, Dearness Johnson was used in the pass game. He had two receptions. Dontrell Hilliard had one reception. Nick Chubb had three, which is good to see. He had 20 touches overall, uh, but being vultured by Dontrell Hilliard was just... Terrible. Odell Beckham, fine in PPR, 7 for 71. You know, maybe he should, you know, stop worrying about wearing some $350,000 watch and, you know, worry about helping out his team a little bit more uh, and converting some of those targets. Uh, But overall, it was a terrible performance by the Browns offense, even worse on defense. Derrick Henry, 75-yard reception. This came on a screen pass, Greg, where he was untouched. He had a screen pass and just ran down the field for 75 yards, untouched. Yes. Like, what was happening on that play? Yes. It, it, was, it was just mind-boggling. And, and the Cleveland Browns were the home team as well. It, just, it was ridiculous. It didn't even show up. It was a huge day for rookie wide receivers in the NFL. A.J. Brown, three receptions for 100 yards. But a loser, Greg, someone that you wanted to make sure we talked about, 
Corey Davis, man. This is, I mean, loser. How, Put that L in the forehead, baby. How long are we going to do this with Corey Davis? We're you not. Know, I wasn't on Corey Davis coming into the season. You weren't on Corey Davis. Uh, obviously, EY was because he's a Tennessee Titans Listen, fan. Listen, heads up. Hey, once again, to EY, Derrick Henry, he was all over him. He was great. I mean, no, Derrick Henry was great yesterday. No doubt about it. You know, he dealt with the calf injury throughout training camp and was not hampered by that at all yesterday. He looked phenomenal. He had, you know, he had 19 carries um, and. He only had one catch, but it managed to be that 75-yard catch. But Corey Davis, Greg, I mean, you can't start him. I'm not going to go out there and say drop him because you've probably invested like a top 10-round pick in Corey Davis, but Delaney Walker is the top target in this offense as he has been whenever he's healthy and with Marcus Mariota. Mariota loves throwing the ball to Delaney Walker. Walker, huge winner from yesterday. A.J. Brown looks like an NFL receiver. Spoke about that throughout the summer when we did the Titans preview. I said... Now, you watch some of the A.J. Brown highlights. He looks like a player. Corey Davis, he is super talented. I can't figure this out for the life of me. He has not been on the same page with Mariota in his career. I cannot start him moving forward. I need to see at least one game, maybe two games put together in a row where Corey Davis shows some consistency because as long as he's been in the NFL, Greg, it hasn't been there. He's continues to be a loser in the NFL for fantasy football purposes. Absolutely. He's just been a complete bust since he was drafted early. Again, it's one week. I know that, but I think we have every reason to be concerned. Things went as good as they could have went yesterday for the Tennessee Titans. They put up 43 freaking points, and Corey Davis did not have a single reception. Donuts, great. Monstrous loser performance by Corey Davis yesterday. Any concern with Cleveland? The offensive line. But, you know, but we spoke about that, and even with them playing as bad as they did, Nick Chubb averaged over four yards per carry. Uh, Odell Beckham had 11 targets. Jarvis Landry was fine, 4 for 67 on six targets. I wasn't in on Jarvis Landry because I think most of the time, this is probably the target share that you expect moving forward. Absolutely. Okay. Let's move on to another winner and, and loser, if you will. And that will bring me to Baltimore, where we got to get in to what Lamar Jackson and this Ravens team did. Really just mostly in the first Buried half. Buried the lead, but... Greg. He did? This was probably the biggest story yesterday, right? The Chiefs and Tyreek Hill is a big story, but I guess... Yeah, I mean, the biggest fine. just fantasy football takeaway it overall... Just, is it just... was literally, dude, because it was from 1 p.m. to 1.20. Yeah. That's when it all happened. Was, it was insane. Watching. It was wild. It was ridiculous. Lamar Jackson... Here's what you need to know. The Ravens put up 60 points yesterday, 59 to be exact. Lamar Jackson had three rushes for six yards. Everything that he did was with his shoulder. Five touchdowns, zero interceptions, 17 for 20 on the day. He was ridiculous. I know the Dolphins are tanking. I know the Dolphins suck. But this was incredibly, incredibly exciting stuff from Lamar Jackson. As good as we thought he could ever be, this was better. 324 yards passing on just 17 completions. And who was the biggest star? Hollywood Brown. Marquise Brown, who battled injuries Senior year in Oklahoma, junior year in Oklahoma, training camp summer. We didn't know that he would be active yesterday. He was finished with five targets all in the first half, four catches, 147 yards, two touchdowns, including an 83-yarder. Mark Andrews, who people like as a sleeper tight end, eight receptions, 108 yards, a touchdown. He was amazing. Baltimore, ridiculous yesterday. Winners all around. They were awesome. You know, it's really, it, it's, it's a tough situation for fantasy because you're trying to figure out, well, how much of this was, you know, Baltimore is going to be awesome this year versus how bad 
are the Miami Dolphins really? Because, you know, and I said this on Friday, it doesn't look too good right now, but I said that the best part of the Dolphins team was their secondary. It doesn't look like that. It doesn't look that way as of now. You know, they do have Xavier Howard, they have Minka Fitzpatrick, but those guys were, you know, where were they yesterday? And you know, after the game, they're talking about, you know, players calling their agents that they don't want to be part of a team that's tanking. Uh, and they lost 59-10 to 10 overall. But I don't want to downplay what Lamar Jackson did. He was awesome. You, you, you talked about it, over 300 yards, five touchdowns, a perfect passer rating when throwing from under pressure yesterday as well. So that is a huge step in the right direction from Lamar Jackson. After the game, he kind of trolled everyone and said, not bad for a running back, huh? He looked phenomenal. Marquise Brown, probably going to be the top target on waiver wires uh, this upcoming week. Four receptions, 147 yards, two touchdowns. And he showed us that he could do it in different ways. He took a quick slant to the house, and he also got behind the defense and caught a bomb of a touchdown. So speed kills, especially when it comes to Hollywood Brown here. you know. And that's with, I don't even know if his foot is 100%, and he still outran everybody on the field. So... I think he's going to be volatile this season for fantasy football, probably a boomer bust option, who is not going to have the most consistent target share week in and week out, but when he has the ball in his hands, we saw it yesterday, he can score from anywhere on the field, so he's going to be a boomer bust option, but uh, obviously the upside is massive for Marquise Brown. Mark Andrews, you mentioned it, Greg, you know, a sleeper tight end coming into the season, the touchdown that he caught actually came from Robert Griffin the third yesterday, but still he was Led the team in targets, led the team in receptions. He was great. Mark Ingram scored two touchdowns. I'm not worried about Gus Edwards. A lot of that came when this game was out of hand. Baltimore Ravens, huge winner, huge arrow pointing up for fantasy football, Greg. Say this, Mark Andrews is probably going to be the most consistent pass catcher on this Ravens team. I think we can yeah, say that. Yeah, that's fair. With the Dolphins, not much take away other than that they absolutely are awful. Albert Wilson re-injured his calf almost immediately in this game. Um, Kenyon Drake had four carries for 12 yards. Caleb Lodge had five for negative one. It was game scripting saying Kenyon Drake should be good. He wasn't. The Dolphins team is really bad, Frankie. Yeah, and I'm really worried now. We knew that the Dolphins were going to be bad. We knew their offensive line was going to be bad. But how many games are we going to see like this? They go. They face the Patriots next week, where I saw that spread all the way up to 16 and a half points. I'm worried, Greg. We continue on. Winners, losers, and eh. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. All right, let's get back into it, Frank. We have obviously a lot more to get to, so let's make sure we do. Let me get into the Todd Gurley story. Todd Gurley and the Rams went into Carolina, defeated the Panthers 30-27. to um, Gurley led this team in carries and yards. He had 14 carries for 97 yards uh, and looked fresh deep into the second half. He did. He looked pretty good. The problem was there were whole drives dedicated to Malcolm Brown. And several times in the red zone, Gurley was pulled. Brown finished with 11 carries for 53 yards and two touchdowns. If you're a Todd Gurley owner, which I am, you're a Malcolm Brown owner, which I am, what do I do going forward? This is like the ultimate uh, situation. 
I'm not sure there's much you can do. You're going to continue to start Todd Gurley. Obviously, you invested a second-round draft pick or you spend a decent amount on him in your auction. Um, and overall, I thought that, obviously, he looked a lot better as the game went on yesterday. I tweeted throughout the first half that, you know, what are the Todd Gurley truthers going to say tomorrow because Malcolm Brown scored two touchdowns and, you know, Todd Gurley got pulled in that area of the field in the red zone. Uh, and overall, at that point, he did not look great, but ends up running 14 times, 97 yards, played 70% of the snaps, 6.9 yards per carry, only had one reception. So 15 touches overall to Malcolm Brown's 11. But when you actually think about it, it makes sense that Todd Gurley might get pulled in the red zone, Greg, especially on the goal line. That's where you can take some of your biggest hits. I'm, th- I'm thinking that they're trying to avoid Todd Gurley having some big defensive lineman end up landing on his leg or his knee or, you know, whatever it might be. I think that they're going to take a cautious approach with Gurley. But even in this offense, as we saw yesterday, when you get 15 touches, you can still rack up over 100 yards. I think the days of getting, you know, the the 17 to 20 t- uh, touchdowns out of Todd Gurley are behind us. But even in this offense, you know, he'll break out a few touchdowns this year. But it wouldn't surprise me if moving forward, they do use Malcolm Brown in that part of the field because that's where you do take some of the biggest hits. And I don't think they want Gurley taking those hits, Greg. Todd Gurley may not be the goal line back in Los Angeles anymore. When you look at these wide receivers, Robert Woods did what he always does, 70 yards or a touchdown. He had 70, 11 team receptions. Cooper Cup. Seven receptions, 46 yards. It was Brandon Cooks. To go back seat yesterday, he had just two for 39. For Carolina, Christian McCaffrey was just ridiculous, man. 128 and two on the ground. 81 and 10 receptions in the air. Like, just insane. Cam Newton looked off all day yesterday. I thought he was a loser uh, of yesterday's action, Frank. Yeah, Cam Newton did not look great. Uh, you brought up Christian McCaffrey. Just Amazing. absolutely phenomenal. 10 receptions yesterday. I tweeted this out last night, Greg Drink. It was the fifth time that Christian McCaffrey has already had double-digit receptions in a game in his career. To put that in perspective, Le'Veon Bell has only done that three times in his career and has been around a lot longer than Christian McCaffrey. I know that the talk throughout training camp and the offseason was that they're going to try and limit Christian McCaffrey's snaps a little bit, limit his touches, maybe limit his usage in the red zone. They can't afford to. He's the their best offensive player by far. We even saw it on the touchdown that he scored yesterday. He fought through contact. He reached out. He scored the touchdown there. He does it all. He catch passes. You know, he's elusive as a running back. He can run between the tackles. He can bounce it outside. He's fast. The Carolina Panthers offense cannot afford for Christian McCaffrey to not be used as much as he has been so far in his career. So I'm not buying that. He's obviously a winner based on the way that he played yesterday. Uh, But we have to see Cam Newton play better. He was limited by that foot injury the final week of of training camp. He had off-season shoulder surgery, but just 25 of 38 yesterday, 6.3 yards per attempt, uh, no touchdowns, and one interception. He ran three times, Greg, for minus two yards. If he's not running and he's not getting it done with his shoulder... We could be in for a long year with Cam Newton. Absolutely. You may have to look in a different direction. Although, on Thursday night, I know it's a short week, but it should be a tasty matchup for him. It should be on paper, right? But Jimmy Garoppolo didn't look that great against Tampa Bay. Dare I say, Tampa Bay's defense might not be the cakewalk that it has been in years past. Because, you know, they they have a new defensive identity now. Todd Bowles is there, you know, running the defense. So... Maybe they're a little bit better. Maybe it was just, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo looking rusty yesterday overall. But there is a chance, at least, that this Tampa Bay defense is not as bad as it has been so in years past. So if you're a Cam Newton owner, are you starting him on Thursday night? 
I think if you own Cam Newton and you don't have, you know, Lamar Jackson as your backup, then you probably are. But if you drafted, like, Cam Newton and Dak Prescott, let's say, you're using Dak Prescott. It depends on who your backup is, obviously. Cam Newton and Tom Brady. I would use Brady against Miami. I would use Brady against Miami. Antonio Cam, Brown's probably going to be active for Cam that Cam Newton game. and Ben Roethlisberger. I don't know who the Steelers play yet. I haven't really looked into Week Two's schedule. Yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, but you know, I, we'll Seattle, have more on Seattle. We'll have more on Cam Newton uh, against Seattle. I'd probably use Cam Newton uh, in that matchup. But it seems like he's probably going to be a low end QB one, maybe high end QB two. It sounds like. But there's a chance that you drafted Cam and Lamar Jackson, or Cam and Dak Prescott. I would start both of those quarterbacks as of today over Cam Newton. Yesterday, Kirk Cousins threw the ball 10 times. He threw the ball 10 times for less than 100 yards. The Vikings won 28-12 to over the Atlanta Falcons. Dalvin Cook had 111 yards on the ground uh, and two touchdowns. Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs ran 11 routes yesterday. We knew this offense was going to be running the football, but like 10 passes? What are they, the Army football team? Are you kidding me? This is what they want to be, Greg. This? They won 28 to 12. If it's working, why would you go away from it? Now, mind you, the Atlanta Falcons did not look great yesterday. They were under a ton of pressure. Their offensive line did not look great. They already lost their right guard. Uh, McGarry looks yep. like he's going to be placed on IR. He is. He was, was, you know, one of their early draft picks in the NFL draft. So the Falcons just looked terrible yesterday from the get-go. Ultimately, the Vikings didn't need to do it. They didn't need to throw the ball more than 10 times. They ran the ball 38 times in this game. Dalvin Cook, 21 rushing attempts for 111 yards, two touchdowns, 5.3 yards per carry. He also had two receptions for nine yards. If Dalvin Cook is healthy this year, and we, we pretty much all knew this, he is absolutely going to smash his ADP and could work out as a top five running back this season. Alexander Madison also looked awesome yesterday. Nine rushing attempts, 49 yards, 5.4 yards per carry. 38 rushes versus 10 attempts. This is what Mike Zimmer wants this team to be. That's what he said all offseason. He put his money where his mouth is, and they end up winning against a team that a lot of people expect to actually compete in the NFC. 28-12 against the Atlanta Falcons, Greg. Huge, huge arrow trending downwards. For Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs, Diggs, yeah. If you know they're throwing the ball this much moving forward, absolutely. Montrez Arrow down in a game with again they won twenty eight twelve. Kirk Cousins threw the ball ten times. They didn't need to ultimately. Like there's ten probably going to be games where they get into more shootouts and it's a little bit more back and forth. But their defense is really good, so there's also a chance that there's a lot of games where they're playing with a lead. You won't be ready, waiting eight weeks this season for Julio Jones' touchdown. He got it here in week one. Only at 31 yards, though, uh, in the air. Calvin Ridley had 4 for 64 and a touchdown as well, so that was good to see. Devontae Freeman, he carries 19 yards. Ido Smith outsnapped him. Yeah, this is a scary situation here. I understand it's a bad matchup against the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, it's something that we have to monitor moving forward. You know, They said before this game that Devontae Freeman during warm-ups looks better than he ever has, whatever. You know, coach speak. We hear it all the time, right, when it comes to these players. But Devontae Freeman, 2.4 yards per carry. Uh, and on the other side there, Ido Smith, yes, he actually, Ido Smith had more snaps than Devontae Freeman in this one. He also ran six times for 31 yards. So against the same defense, but 5.2 yards per carry, Devontae Freeman also, you know, had four targets, which is nice, but only three receptions for 12 yards. So uh, if Devontae Freeman doesn't get it turned around quickly here, Greg, it might just be one of those things where, 
he's had so many injuries that they've taken their toll on his body. Everything we've read and yeah. heard is he looks better than ever. So yeah, it's there's a chance that this is game flow, but I also want to put it out there that there that there's a chance that he's just been so injured, Greg, that. He's not the player he once was. The Bills defeated the Jets, coming back from a 16-0 deficit. Ah! You're a Jets fan, Frank. We are who we thought they were, Greg. Coming down from a 16-0 deficit to defeat the Jets, 17-16. Josh Allen turned the ball over four times in the first half. Uh, A couple of fumbles, a couple of interceptions. They come back to win. It was Devin Singletary leading this backfield in snaps. Only had four carries, but had 70 yards on those four carries. Frank Gore at 11, only at 20. Big story for me was John Brown, the number one receiver in this offense. Seven receptions, 123 yards, and a touchdown. He was targeted 10 different times. Cole Beasley targeted nine. Uh, Yes, I'll start off with John Brown, and he played 26 of his 56 snaps, very surprisingly, out of the slot. He looked great yesterday. As you mentioned, Greg, led this team in targets, receptions, receiving yards, 10 targets, seven receptions, 123 receiving yards, a touchdown as well. Uh, and we pretty much knew, we didn't know he was going to be this good, but we knew that he was a sleeper heading into the season because his skill set matched Josh Allen's skill set perfectly. And on the touchdown that he scored, it was basically Josh Allen threw it up. It was a back shoulder istro. Like it looked like Josh Allen underthrew the ball on purpose so that John Brown could come back to it, score, scored the touchdown on that play. Cole Beasley, nine targets in PPR. I think he's going to be a low-end wide receiver three most weeks. Five receptions for 40 yards. Devin Singletary, great. Yes. Huge takeaway here. Four carries, only four carries. 70 yards, 17 and a half yards per carry. He also had six targets in this game. Josh Allen did not target the running back much when he took over last year. So this is a huge development. I know that last week we said that, you know, I was not as bullish as everyone else on Devin Singletary. If people look at just his touches here, Greg, and they say, oh, he only got four carries. He was, you know, out-carried by Frank Gore. Bye. Bye, Devin Singletary. His usage yesterday was massive. I looked into this. He played 47 snaps to Frank Gore's 16. Eight of those snaps came out wide for Devin Singletary. Four of those came out of the slot. His usage sounds a lot like earlier in the show I mentioned David Johnson, the way he was used. If Devin Singletary is being used the way that David Johnson was in this Bills offense, I am buying. Big, big winner yesterday was Devin Singletary. And obviously, uh, Josh Allen, you know, he turned the ball over four times but still had 10 rushing attempts. That was most among all quarterbacks in Week 1, Greg. Love his matchup in Week 2 going up against the New York Giants who just got torched by Dak Prescott and the Cowboys. Moving on quickly here, let me, uh, let me go over to the other side with the Jets. Le'Veon Bell, 17 carries, 60 yards, he had over 100 yards total, uh, had the touchdown through the air, had a two-point conversion as well. Jameson Crowder led his team in receiving a 99 yards on 14 receptions. Ty Montgomery was a non-factor. Yeah, all that talk about Ty Montgomery was hogwash from the preseason and training camp. Le'Veon Bell played 100 Percent of the snaps yesterday ended up with 23 total touches, had the receiving touchdown. The efficiency is not going to be there this year. The offensive line for the Jets is not a good one. He averages 3.5 yards per carry. But if he's being used this much and being targeted ten to, uh, nine times in the pass game, Le'Veon Bell is going to return first-round value. I know a lot of people were actually scared off of Le'Veon Bell uh, the closer we got to the start of the regular season. Jamison Crowder is this team's wide receiver one, Greg. He's going to be the top-targeted wide totally. receiver. 17 targets, 14 receptions, massive PPR game. Uh, Robbie Anderson had a few targets downfield, actually, that Sam Darnold should have hit him on, 
But he is going to continue to be that boomer bust wide receiver three. Frank, we have about a minute left. There's two games other than last night, which I really want to hit on quickly. It's the Chargers and the Colts. Marlon Mack was ridiculous yesterday. 174 and one. This is behind an amazing offensive line, remember. Austin Eckler, not as amazing as Marlon Mack, but still really, really good. 58 yards on the ground and a touchdown. 96 yards through the air and two touchdowns. Him and Keenan Allen, the two uh, biggest recipients from Phillip Rivers yesterday. Yeah, both running backs just phenomenal in this game. And target running backs against the Colts defense because they let up a ton of receptions last year and obviously looks like they're picking up where they left off. I'm almost wondering if this makes Melvin Gordon want to come back because he's losing leverage here. Losing too. money. So it's 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 bad spot. Marlon Mack and T.Y. Hilton looked phenomenal. Big game. winner yesterday, Chris Carson. 46 yards on the ground and a touchdown. And all that BS through the air. He was around all game long. Six catches yesterday. 10 seconds left. John Ross, man. Forget Corey Davis and Mike Williams. It's John Ross. The two of us. We'll see you tomorrow. We, we hope. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your Daily Roto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. What did I miss? What did I miss? Here's what you missed on the BFFs. Sammy Watkins, a monstrous winner from yesterday. Yeah, absolutely, Greg. We saw this early on in draft season, too, when people started drafting right after the NFL draft or throughout June when we still thought Tyreek Hill was going to be suspended. Sammy Watkins was going in the fourth round of fantasy football drafts, and you know, while some people might think that's crazy because where he ultimately ended up landing in terms of his ADP, he was a mid-round pick, seventh, eighth round, but while Tyreek Hill was expected to be suspended, he was a top four-round draft pick, and we're being reminded of the talent. It's not just that he went nine for almost 200 yards and three touchdowns on 11 targets. He did it against the Jacksonville Jaguars, and now we're talking about Tyreek Hill at least going to miss two to three weeks. Could potentially, if he lands on IR, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Greg, he's out six weeks if he lands on IR to return, correct? He's out eight weeks. Eight weeks. We could potentially be without Tyreek Hill for eight weeks, which would make Sammy Watkins the wide receiver one for, let me remind you, the best offense in the NFL. Yesterday, Patrick Mahomes playing on basically a bum ankle, throws for 378 and three touchdowns against what we expect to be the best cornerback tandem in the NFL. One of the best defenses, again, you know, with A.J. Boye and uh, Jalen Ramsey here, Greg. They did not miss a beat. Sammy Watkins looks as healthy as ever. Someone asked me earlier today, if you need wide receiver help, would you trade Leonard Fournette for Sammy Watkins? I said yes. Well, it's interesting because that makes me think of the Marlon Mack theory, which we're going to get to a little bit later on in the program. I don't know that I would necessarily do that because I think this offense, we knew it revolved around Leonard Fournette even more so now. But I think- having Gardner Minshew as the quarterback... I don't know that that helps Leonard Fournette. But at least not from an efficiency standpoint. Efficiency, no. But they're going to hand the ball 75 times a game. But we knew that coming in anyway. That was the expectation. Well, yes, it was. But Nick Foles was going to throw the ball more. Like, we thought Marlon... We didn't think Marlon Mack would be helped by Andrew Luck getting hurt. Marlon Mack was pretty damn awesome yesterday. Pretty damn good, yes, And the was. only one that said that of anybody I know... It was EY Eric Young who's begging you. Keeps crushing it. Rising Marlon Mack on the draft boards. I know EY's in New York today. I'm going to text him after the show and be like, where the F are you, man? But the point, the point being, let me get back to Kansas City for a second. Sammy Watkins, 
what is the what are we looking at? Is, is he a high end wide receiver two right now? Is that is that the category? I think with Tyreek Hill out, he sneaks in as a top twelve quarterback. I really do believe wide that. I th- I, a wide receiver. I think that he is a low end wide receiver one with Tyreek Hill out. I really you know, do believe that. That's how high Sammy Watkins is, as long as he could stay healthy. You're gonna want to take a shot on Mecole Hardman because we know Sammy Watkins certainly uh, not the healthiest guy. If he's not, if he all of a sudden gets injured, Mecole Hardman's gonna step in a major role. It didn't happen yesterday. I don't even know Hardman barely played yesterday. No, he did play. He was on the on the field for seventy eight percent of their snaps. He just wasn't targeted. Huh. Sammy Watkins was just dominating. 